citizens of the verse. Today is July 27th, 2951, and welcome to another episode of ReadCast. We're a weekly Star Citizen podcast sponsored by the Read Organization. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and I'm joined finally, after all this time, by my two co-hosts. First, our favorite Russian gymnast, Mr. Chekhov. Say hello, Chekhov. Hello. Yes, I am missing gymnastics to be here with you guys. Look at the dedication. Uh, I am very pleased to see that. Uh, and dare, and we dare not forget the best table tennis player this side of the Atlantic, Seagard Olsen. Yes, Seagard. I do. I'm doing good, and I have been practicing my table tennis. Ah, excellent. Um, a lot of shadow practice. A lot of shadow practice. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know what? Since you live in Florida, it would have been really good if I said shuffleboard. <laughs> that sounds kind of offensive. It's not an age thing. It's more of a like you know, Florida retirement communities, that kind of thing. Uh, I just discovered the other day when I was in Georgia that speaking of retirement communities, I just found this really fascinating. I just wanted to tell people, Jimmy Buffett has now gone full force. And has several Margaritaville retirement communities. Nice. Is that not insane? So Jimmy Buffett music 24-7? Cheeseburgers in paradise. (laughs) And and it's funny because I I already have been kind of perplexed because he just launched a um, resort here in in New York in Times Square, Mm -hmm. which is right near my office. And it's like multiple margaritaville style restaurants Mm. in one building it's like it's interesting and also i'm horrified at the same time anyway so uh guys what have you been up to in the verse seaguard what have you been doing this past week uh i kind of continued my theme a little bit with uh logging on and off the ship which has been going exceedingly well and uh we did a little bit of a uh org event it wasn't huge but it was uh six or seven people show up and we operated uh you know a mole and a couple prospectors and kind of just did a quick mining mission for you know mining session for about two hours and nice. we picked um you know, one of the harder places to go mine to make it a little challenging, you turpy. And, uh, and it was fun. I mean, a lot of wind, a lot of gusting and learning to control the ships. And, and then, uh, I think we ended up, you know, heading down the arc or arc, um, our corp area, mm-hmm. uh, finishing up down there, but, uh, pretty good. It's pretty good. It's fun. Great. Yeah. It's great. Um, check off. How about yourself? Yeah. Not, unfortunately not much at all. Uh, you know, these summer days, it's hard to stay on, plus just waiting for the new patch. A uh, little mining, you know, had a very odd occurrence, and it still is, and I don't know how to explain it. I think last time we were on, you know, I was trying to sell something that I uh, refined, and every time I come close to Hurston, uh, I get a crime stat one flashing but nowhere else in the system. So I had to go sell a microtech, which I don't know, never happened to me before. It's just, is there such a thing, you know, crime stat on Hurston only or a specific planet? Hmm. I don't know. 
Good question. I'm not sure. I would imagine yeah. it's not impossible because we do have different jurisdictions and there are some things that could be breaking Hurston law that don't break Stanton law, but I didn't know that the laws were that well fleshed out. The only thing I know is certain places consider something contraband that others don't. Yeah, the only thing I could think about, it wasn't contraband. I think I I flew into restricted airspace, but before it would just bounce you back, you know, uh, but I haven't done it in a while. And then I, I was in third person. All of a sudden, I switched to first person. The boom, I, I am in restricted airspace, and I get a crime stat. So, that's weird. Because yeah, that should is. just give you a fine. Right. <clears throat> it is just weird. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, I'm going to try to land there to see if I get killed, I guess. There you go. For science. <laughs> there you go, yeah. I'll report I, back on it. Yeah. I am uh, I'm in the P PTU now. I haven't really been playing that much. I find the one thing that I keep doing in the PTU, though, is as much as I try and test the game, I can't help but just be mesmerized by Orison and walking around Orison and doing nothing else. So, you know, trying to be effective, but it's so easy to just get caught here. Um, I also just, I had to go to Connecticut this weekend or else I probably would have played a little bit more. Um, so hopefully more this week, I think. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much been it for me and I'm excited you guys to to get to see uh 314 when it goes live yeah can't wait well, when, when is it going well, what i think are it's going to go this week yeah, i think it's okay. going to go this week that's what i'm thinking um it feels like it. it they don't have a release candidate yet but i think it's really close to a release candidate um so uh as we mentioned last week inside star citizen was on an, a little extra hiatus because they wanted to let the devs crank out this this new patch. So um, the only thing we had was a Star Citizen Live, which was all about 314 and the changes to vehicles. They called it That Vehicle Life. Um, so the only questions were about sh the ship changes from 314. And the team discussed a few things. So some of the highlights were uh, they mentioned that 1,200 meters is the optimal dogfighting distance. Uh, balance isn't complete you know this isn't just completely done now it's it's really a baseline and a clean slate for them but we'll be seeing balance over multiple patches especially because we still need to get physicalized damage and components in the game um they did say that there's been a change since they've launched the updated shield tech so they did have to balance against that um and one of the big emphasis is emphasis is it almost feels like I should be saying like mm. emphasize um, is that the team's trying to keep um, new gameplay from breaking between patches, which is good. They want it to be a good experience, even if they aren't going to have everything in yet. Um, ballistics are affected by the shield and the or ballistics affect the shield and the hull at the same time, but the shield does reduce its effectiveness. Uh, They'll eventually have some sort of reloading feature for ballistics down the road. But as, you, as you'll notice, ballistics have been greatly reduced in terms of the number of ammo count in this next patch. Um, they do, uh, one of the things that people often talk about is the realism um, or the lack thereof because ballistics don't uh, just travel infinitely. 
Um, and they said, you know, there's one, the gameplay experience to think about people randomly getting hit by a bullet two years after it's been shot. Uh, and two, the amount of entities that they have to track. Yeah, that would be way too expensive. Yeah. A million very, bullets very flying expensive. around forever. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, they did say pain will eventually have consequences uh, and that they will be creating a, a feature to allow sort of like a, a timed ping that will go off periodically for you. Uh, right now, the gas clouds aren't impacting scanning yet, uh, but but will eventually. Uh, time to kill isn't a specific number that they were thinking about. It's really about sort of um, does it feel like the right amount of time? Uh, as we've heard multiple times, time to kill is eventually going to move to time to disable. Uh, the The ship team was tr- is really trying to avoid creating any single meta and allowing players to have a lot of decision. Uh, last but not least, G force effects are actually going to come back eventually as well. Um, so those are some of the things that they talked about. Anything strike you as particularly interesting, uh, Seagard? Uh, I think the combat distances seem interesting. Um, do we know have have they gotten shorter? Do you know has the previous uh, combat distance been longer? I always think that combat distances have been you know closer to. 1800 to 2000 meters yeah. mostly because that's where you could lock a target. Yeah. <clears throat> right, you're kind of fine firing without a pipper if you're firing beyond that range. So um I'd be interesting. And I'm wondering if missiles are at that same range. Mm. Th- that's much shorter actually. Not even shorter. Much shorter. Yeah. You, you I could, believe uh, it. Yeah, yeah, you could you could strike somebody as far away as you know four thousand also with some weapons. Yeah, well, and that I, that is for fighters. Just so you know, that's the optimal yeah. range for fighters, and that's sort of the range that they're balancing against. Right, which they said weapon size one to four. That's that they consider, and 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 that I think that's the framework they're working with is weapons one to four. Uh, separating that for fighting and then five and higher, even though our, they're like Vanguard does have a size five weapon, but still size five is predominantly for larger ships. Mm-hmm. And and then they said so, sort of, uh, you know, missiles will, will have their play also, because so that would be mid-range to long range where, you know, your, your cannons and your, uh, you know, ballistics uh, will be shorter range. And I, I think it's, you know, they really, I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen because that's really the right approach here, because you're really going to have to balance. Like, right now I'm running buck with all ballistic and just, you know, pew, 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 plenty of ammo. But now, you know, I got to mm-hmm. really think about it. You know, I have to balance it maybe with something that would take the shield down somewhat and then strategically start using ballistics not to run out of them. You know, that's what mm-hmm. I would start doing now. You know, yeah. maybe, maybe sell the, you know, distortion cannons. Um yeah, then you know, I, I, then we have to see what, what capacitors are going to do also. <clears throat> so yeah, I, I'm I'm excited because because it's going to become uh, quite a bit more strategic. Uh, so it's it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a lot to learn. Um, I just like the fact that they 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 are taking this stance on one 
<clears throat> they're trying not to put all these changes in the game so that when physicalized damage comes into the game and, and components come into the game, it's like we have a really completely new game. Uh, and two, I feel like they're trying to balance as much as they can because they know it's going to take several cycles uh, in order to do so. And I know that they've balanced weapons and ship combat multiple times before, but it feels like they're getting it right uh, this time around. <coughs> um, and it feels like that they actually, similar to what we've been feeling the past few years, um, it feels like the framework for what the game's going to be is is coming into place way more than we've seen in the past. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think they're also adapting to uh, frame rates and the, the reality uh, that th this is, you know, not going to be, uh, you know, a sh shoot 'em up, you know, with, you know, fast mouse with these, you know, gamer pads. <laughs> you know, this is more, it has to be a strategy game because yeah. it's just never going to get to that level of FPS where it's going to have, where it could be so, you know, like a fast, uh, you know, dogfight type of a game. Uh, well, and even if it does, even if it does, you know, the game will be somewhat punishing if you die. So, you know, they want it to be as as fair and, um, you know, less less likely that you're going to perish doing it. And so mm -hmm. I think the longer time to kill slash time to disable is going to be a huge um lift in that direction yeah for me I, I i mean i like what they're doing but i wish they had gone to a system of weapons that was payload driven the ships are built around a payload mm. right so light fighters you know carry a couple basically any fighter is generally going to be you know size one or size twos and they're going to increase their fire by adding one two or three more um, mm -hmm. Right, and then um, so you might have something like a Hornet that has, you know, say, eight size ones, right? That may be the style that you know they have, but when you get into that's a Super Hornet, let's say, when you get into mm -hmm. um, uh, let's say something like a uh, even let's say a Snub Fighter, maybe you only get two size ones, but one size three. It's, you know, mm -hmm. it's a slow. It's just a slow thing that doesn't whittle you away like size ones. And it doesn't force you to be at close range. If it hits, it's devastating, right? It rips mm -hmm. something off the ship, which is very much what it was like in World War II, uh, even into Korea. Um, you know, American jets in Korea had 650 cows. Russian jets had 237 millet cannons. <laughs> they were diametrically opposite, right? They're very different yeah. from each other. And not every fighter could carry a bomb. So those that could were called fighter bombers. They, yeah. You know, they were less air superior or multi-role. I just think that's someplace they could go. Um, yeah. And if you well, wanted and think... to modify a ship, if let's say you found a ship that's multi-role and you want it to be only air superiority, that's a research thing. You got to go research it, modify the aircraft. And, you know, now it's a multi, you know, it's a air-to-air, -air, you know, super ship yeah i mean i would say also it sort of feels like um 
<clears throat> it sort of feels like we're still missing quite a few things because some of the more long distance weapons, like, you know, the um, rail gun aren't in the game yet. So I'm sure that'll change the dynamic too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so this this week uh, will be treated tomorrow to a roadmap update and its corresponding roundup. Um, we also will ha- see the return of ISC. Thank goodness. Something for us to look forward to. This episode will focus on um, progress of loot generation uh, for the PU, mm-hmm. as well as a VFX special edition sprint report. We're also getting uh, star citizen live game dev. Um, I think this one might actually be kind of interesting. Maybe you won't like it check off, but I think it sounds interesting. It's diving into the creation of the in fiction ship commercials with um, the team that does that. So at least it's something we'll see. Um, and I have a feeling it, it it'll end up in the game. That could be being like uh, mock-up commercials or real commercials. What I say, um, meaning like <clears throat> in-game ads? Or no, that's yeah, not like the in-game ads that we see for ships. Like, oh, okay, okay, okay. But but I yeah, but still in-game ships, not like some. I believe it's in-game ships. Yeah, yeah. I hope they don't plan to put like in-game commercials for other yeah know, i don't think it's like creating a creature stuff. i don't think it's like creating the alien that's in lore like like predators in our lore type of thing i think it's creating because it says the creation of in fiction ship commercials so it's okay. in the game fiction right yeah I'm, that's right. what i'm guessing kind of like the aurora the aurora commercial yeah exactly and some of the others that we like when we see the um the ship shows and everything, and you see them playing commercials on the screens. Yeah. Um, So I'm excited for that stuff. Hopefully that we'll probably have a lot to talk about because you guys will actually be hopefully jumping into the game, which brings us to three, three 14 PTU news. It is in open PTU now. So if you guys didn't know that whoever wants to check it out before it's released, um, you know, just, uh, you have to go to your account and copy your account over, uh, and then you'll be able to log in. Uh, but it should be, I would, I would be shocked if they don't have it out by this weekend. Yeah. If there are no bugs, if it's already in general PT, it should be out by the weekend. Yeah. I mean, it's been there, I think since Sunday or yesterday. So and it, it does feel pretty smooth. I'm in it right now. It, my frames aren't amazing, but that's, once again, I don't have the best thing running it. So I can only imagine with a a good PC, but it's not killing me either. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So I, I guess with 314 coming up, we've probably beaten this horse super dead. But Chekhov, what are you most excited about? Uh, well, obviously seeing the new gas giant. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, I'll probably be doing exactly what you've been doing, just walking around for days on end, you know, 
I'm looking yeah, forward to socializing with people there. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be very cool. I mean, when I saw Mythologist's video, that was probably one of my favorites so far that he did on the on the new mm-hmm. on the new patch. And and I'll say this: the video, for some reason, videos do not do it justice. Which yeah, is and, and and also combat. I mean, I'm really looking forward to new. Even though everybody's saying it's going to be slower and uh, they really went backwards, I I think it's gonna it's just going to be uh, interesting to to start figuring out loadouts and doing all that all over again. Awesome. Yeah, I I'm not a huge fan of the combat, but I'm not a huge fan of combat, so. I do like the missile operator mode, though. Um, so I'm looking forward to hearing your guys' thoughts on that. What about you, Seaguard? Um, certainly Orison, um, but <laughs> I actually think the um, I'm interested to see what they are doing with the Taurus and if they're bringing any cargo play in <clears throat> with the Taurus. I mean, we've seen docking now for a while. And we've mm-hmm. had other things that have, you know, been added. Uh, the Taurus is coming out. We've heard discussion about the hull A and B being worked. I would like to see um, if there's any surprises on the on the uh, logistics side. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I'm looking forward to. Is there a change? I I don't know. Yeah, I haven't tested cargo hauling yet, so. I don't know if they've tweaked the numbers with that at all or anything. Um, I mean, I've talked enough about 314, so we don't need to hear my thoughts. Um, I just think it's absolutely amazing. I, you know, one thing I am, uh, uh, let me say one more thing. Of course. Uh, and just for Badger, I did not step on. I did mm-hmm. not no, step you didn't. on. I was good. So, uh, so um, I'm interested to see what happens now that we have the complete solar system. Yeah. Where does it go next? Yeah, 100%. Well, and it's that what I find interesting is while it's complete, it's not quite complete, right? It's complete from a we have every planet, at least in game. But we know that they're going to be evolving these planets because that's some of the work that Montreal is going to be doing off the bat. Um, and we know that uh, what is missing is the true Aaron's halo with the um, gateways in between. So those are some things who knows when we're going to get those. Um, we also know that poor Alistar is going to be replaced at some point. Um, so we don't know when that's going to happen. Uh, I would imagine this year, but we don't know. So, <laughs> uh, the other thing I didn't mention is I am excited about the dynamic events that we're going to get to play again. Well, the Xeno threat that we're going to get to play again, and then the um, Nine Tails lockdown. Uh, I'm excited to be able to play some of those again. So, um, Are they definitely coming in a new patch. Yeah, in this patch, they did a playtest yeah. this weekend, I think, of Xeno threat. Oh. Nope, someone's talking near me. Oh, someone, someone's experiencing Orison for the first time, and he's like, oh, here's the trade. <laughs> he, he has an accent sort of like that, so it's like, it's like, the trine, the trine. 
Spock a body. What was I going to say? Oh, so um, Bloody Badger, in addition to suggesting that we talk over each other sometimes, and we've been better about not doing that. Um, Good feedback. Yes, it's it's I'm hard. Crying folks. on the inside is a star. <laughs> I'm a star. It's not just you, Seaguard. We all do it. <laughs> um, but uh, he also suggested a new segment that I think, at, at the very least, if we don't have a content-rich episode, uh, we're all down with. Which is, uh, he really likes ship reviews and things. So we thought we would compare two ships of a similar class um, and talk about their pros and cons. Um, so Seaguard, you you picked out the two for this week's episode. Why don't, why don't you tell us what ships you chose, and we could sort of talk through what we I, liked I about them. Pushed it to three. I pushed it to three. Mm. And, oh, uh, nice. You know, and I, I wish we had thought about categories because a lot of people do ship comparisons. But we're gonna we're gonna go here and we're gonna we're gonna talk some realities about using these ships and and the, and uh, maybe take a little different uh, different view. So the three ships, um, I wanted to start with, we started with logistics-oriented ships, haulers, and things like that. So two of the standard ones you would see compared would be the Freelancer and the Cutlass Black. Um, they, they're they good, solid ships that you can get to relatively quickly in the game, and I find myself flying one or the other quite frequently. And then the third one is the Nomad. Um, so... Now, which which freelancer? Uh, the freelancer plane, the plane freelancer, the Cutlass Black, and then this the the Nomad. Okay. All right. So, um, you know, from a cargo perspective, you know, we can go through the statistics, right? The two of them are a medium, and and one is really a small ship, uh, but the cargo is varied. With the freelancer having the most, sixty six, and. These are pretty standard things. The Cutlass Black is at 46, and the Nomad is at 24. Um, certainly, the Cutlass Black is probably the more aggressive of the ships. It's a little faster, a little heavier armament. Um, but, but they're all well, the, decently armed. The, right? the, the, hull, the hull is the, the biggest difference between the, the three is in, in the hull HP. Cutlass and freelancers are very similar, where Nomad is nowhere near in the class. Well, the it's funny. But four times as weak. So if you look at the the mass of the ships, the actually the largest mass by weight is actually the Nomad. It's 228,000 versus 226 for the Cutlass Black and 209 for the Freelancer. Um, the speed Mass. on the Cutlass Black is is higher at 220 versus 205 in the Freelancer and the 180 for the Nomad. And and then you also have, you know, you have some other things like crew capacity is different between the three. One is a one-person ship only. Very efficient if you're a solo player. The Cutlass Black is probably not its best unless it has at least two people. One person can be marginally effective. But I, I don't know that one person in a Cutlass Black would be any better than one person in a Nomad in a fight. Right? Uh, yeah. you're, you're losing a turret in the back. Um, it's less agile. Um, and then the Freelancer is kind of 
uh, better with two also, but it could actually carry up to four. So each of them has a little different flair, right? Um, so, so Chekhov, from your experience, you've flown all of these, I think. Um, uh, more for freelance and nomad, for sure, quite quite a bit. Uh, I'm just a. I, I mean, I, I love the Nomad for what, for what it is, and that's really for for its utility, more or less. Uh, it it because you could just throw the rock in the back, and it's small enough to land anywhere. So if you're doing rock mining, it's very convenient, especially with the latest patch where there are no more issues with the rock, uh, you know, falling out of the back. So that for that, I I really love the Nomad, and it's actually a very formidable uh, fighter because I when I got it I, I did quite a bit of bounties with it it has three shields uh, so I yeah I, I think Nomad is a great starter ship uh, definitely like it better personal again totally personal preference than a freelancer uh, with Cutlass just did not have that much uh, sort of a hands-on uh, with mm -hmm. it so I can't can't talk about Cutlass as much how about you, Geeky? What are you? What are your thoughts on these? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> pardon me. I've used, I've used all three, and I've owned all three at, at one point or another. Um, I would say uh, the Cutlass is sort of my go-to um, of those three, just for its um, versatility. Uh, it is. <coughs> A pretty solid multi-crew. I think the turret has better positioning than the one on the on the Freelancer. Um, I also find a couple things. I think I think a Cutlass, especially now that they have um, these uh, the missile operator mode, I think a Cutlass can be much more deadly than it's been because Cut Cutlass comes with quite a few missiles and so now there's a reason for the co-pilot seat to exist um whereas before it maybe didn't um so between could potentially manage the capacitors uh and the power triangle uh they could also spam missiles um and then you have a gunner um it could be pretty formidable i will say um it's pretty weak when it comes to its shields and its its health. So I think that's where the Freelancer is a little bit more tanky. The thing with the Freelancer that I don't understand is why it has four crew. That's what I don't understand. It's such a small ship for that many crew. I can see maybe three. Um, right. Right. But I'm, I'm struggling to figure out Unless it's unless it's the Dur, um, the Dur makes more sense because it's a science vessel. But the plain freelancer, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, quite frankly, unless you're trying to just transport people um, from one place to another. Right, right. And, and then I, I tend to agree on the freelancer. I do think that. Yeah. The, I like the Winnebago style, the feel of it. Yeah, but it's very Winnebago. <laughs> yeah, it's very Winnebago. Uh, but the, but you're right. It, it, four is too many for it. Um, I, I I almost feel like it would be better used with two bunks and a little bit better eating area. Um, 
making a two-man crew. Um, and then you have your choice of turret operator or missile guy, but you, know, you could yeah. flesh out the inside a little bit better. Uh, maybe I think keeping maybe, the dur for the four person for four person only. Yeah. Well, um, and then, you know, we're also not thinking about it, or at least I haven't been thinking about it from the standpoint of, well, maybe it's just good for all like general purpose, like, um, you know, running missions, just like if you look at the Cuddy Black, there's those jump seats in the back, right? right. So you could transport people without them b- getting banged around. I mean, that's the same potential viability. Maybe maybe it's not to have someone function as a as a crew member, but be a, someone Trans- joining you on a mission. Right. Yeah. I actually, it's funny for me. I find a freelancer the one I play the most. I find it very comfortable to fly. It fits everywhere. It's. Um, you know, I can bring in two or three loads of a prospector and fill it. And I feel like I'm carrying a decent load down to go sell it, even though I'm not making a lot of money, but, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not so big that I feel I'm losing a lot if I lose it. Right. It's, it's big enough to lose, but it's big enough to feel comfortable and to make some money and it's versatile. Um, you know, it's, it's a nice, comfortable Swiss army knife. Yeah. Um, I think that the. Nomad is fantastic. Uh, and I really do think it's a ship that you could carry and use all the way up through this level. It's struggling a little bit at this level, but really for the price difference, you really could get a rock and make yourself a hauler, you know, um, a semi-mercenary and a miner, and you could do all sorts of stuff. And you could just have one ship and... You can play for a long time in that ship. Yeah. Uh, I feel the Cutlass Black is, you know, it's a it's a neat ship, but it just seems so big. It's mm. lost a lot of the intimacy for me. Yeah. So. You know, one other thing I have to say, as much as I dislike Freelancer, as much as I love the Freelancer Max, because that's my go-to ship. Right. Because uh, I just think uh, that you know the, the size is uh, exactly what I love about the the max. Max. Yeah. So yeah, talking about hauling, to me that's just enough for me that I would want to, as Sigurd said, to risk on a load right there. That's perfect size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then we'll talk that next week with the Taurus, as we'll see yeah, that perhaps. coming out. Now. Perhaps I I will say the Nomad is a great single single occupant ship. Um, it just has it's it's very nicely laid out. Uh, lots of great amenities. It's almost it almost puts the three hundred I and the one hundred I to shame. Yeah, with how nice it is on the inside. It is. It's very nice. Yeah, it's just the, 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 the curb appeal. Some people love it and some people hate it. It's almost like two camps here. Yeah, <laughs> they don't like that flatbed look. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think it looks it's great with Cargo on it, though. I like it. Yeah, I mean, and I could definitely see myself doing some, um, you know, I've never tried to see if you could put, you know, your downloadable boxes onto, uh, onto the deck there or if you could carry them <laughs> inside. But uh, it would be neat to be able to, you know, hand. It'd be good for hand binding and carrying a rock around, and 
you know, one, one or two cold, you know, weather environment suits and, uh, staying out there for a while. I I think I just love it. Yeah. Yeah. I also think it has that cool factor with the landing gear. It does look pretty neat. Now what's your favorite looking ship of the three? Seaguard. Um, I like the industrial look of the Freelancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, especially in the silver or in the brushed aluminum with the black. Yeah. I think that is a great look. What about you, Chekhov? I actually like the Nomad. Yeah. I they think all, they all are good ships. They're yeah. All, they all good look good. Even the even though I kind of talked about the free, the Cutlass Black being a little too big, it's still an amazing ship. Yeah, each one has that vibe, you know, and and the three of them, they're both, they're all very indicative of their manufacturer. And I think <clears throat> the, the, the oddest one out being the Nomad only because it feels as though Consolidate, Consolidated Outlands is going for sort of a little bit more of that Tesla vibe where it's like, we don't need all of our ships to look the same. Mm-hmm. Whereas Misk goes for a little bit more of that commonality, and so does Drake. Right. <laughs> so let's do let's do one more aspect of this, and then we'll kind of cut this section off, so we'll go on forever. But um, <laughs> so, given that we're in an org, um, do you see there's do you see yourself if you were a solo player? Which would you see yourself using more often? I personally would use the Nomad more. Yeah, I I would agree. And especially now that I've... I mean, I cannot solo the Cutlass Black anymore. With the combat changes, it's not worth it. It's not nimble enough, I think. Right. What about you, Chekhov? I'm guessing you're mad. A hundred percent. Sweet. Well, that brings us to a pre-existing segment that we all know and love for science. What, Chekhov? No talking over the music? No. I'm I'm being, you know, I'm taking Badger's advice. Behaving. We'll be talking <laughs> over each other. <laughs> so for those who don't know, for science is the segment where we talk about what we did this past week in the name of I keep actively triggering this multiple times. I don't know oh. why it does that. It looks like it's gonna do it again. It's not it's not it's not no. okay. It stopped. It's almost like it, it like delayed or something. This happened how many weeks in a row now? <clears throat> I wasn't even in the recording studio. I was in uh, in the game. Anyway, as I was saying, for science is the segment where we talk about what we did this past week in the name of science, whether it's to test something in the actual verse or to test an aspect of the game. Seaguard, what, what have you done for science this week? Yeah, so I did more of the logging out, definitely, um, and it's 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 been very very good logging out. 
I mean, I, 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 and I, and I, to be honest with you, I enjoy being somewhere different every night than on a space station. I actually enjoy it. You know, and for those listeners, some asteroid or whatever, it's it's fun. For those listeners who don't know, he's also very capable of logging in. Yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> logging out and logging in. Um, he is unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I definitely like that, and I, I definitely liked. Um, you know, I mentioned we went to Euterpe, and you know, traditionally we haven't been going up there to a lot of those places up near Microtech lately, and and I enjoyed fighting the weather a little bit. You know, I had forgotten how much fun that was. So I don't know if that's for science, but it certainly it was learning to fly again in a high wind and balance mm-hmm. the thrusters and kind of windmill into the wind so your thrusters can hold you in place and mm-hmm. um you know it, it keeps your hands full and the time flies and um other than that i other than that i accidentally blew off my cargo pods um for science shall we say and uh, <laughs> it was a clean break so it just they're just the mounts are up there and you can get a nice clean view of the, of the hull and it's a pretty cool look <laughs> they didn't nice. skip all the details so that that's it sweet excellent uh check off what about yourself uh like i said i can't say i did anything i was hardly in game so nothing for science for me this week <laughs> i too haven't really done anything for science because i've been looking at the vistas of the beautiful planet of orison um, I I know what I'm doing for next week though. Once oh, yeah? the release comes out, yes. So I do have that second account I have, um, George mm-hmm. Dumont, um, as opposed to the Viking Cedar. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm going to take that character and put him on somebody else's ship, <coughs> and whenever mm-hmm. hopefully it's someone that's on every night, and I'm going to come into that character and log in, and to see if I have just as much luck staying on someone else's ship. Yeah, I mean that did work in the in the past, so it might be able to work again in yeah. the future. You'll have to you could coordinate with one of us, I'm sure. Yeah. To uh That's what I'm gonna do. I just get wanna that going. See what you know, just play a week on someone else's ship and see if I can survive the week and not get blown up, not get killed in a crash and log in and log out every night on the ship. So there you go. That's great. Um I am just hopping into my favorite ship right now um, and about to fly around Orison. So give me one moment so I can get out of the hangar because I don't want to try and read and exit the hangar at the same time. But Seaguard, do you remember what your question was for last week? Um, I can go look for it. Actually, while you guys are looking for it, not that it, it was for science, but I do have to say I did something different because I missed Aaron's Halo so much. And we used to get there easily from Levski. So now I found another spot. So if you sort of start with Herlel 2 and aim your ship at RKL 4, if you drop out at about 8 million uh, from RKL 4, uh, you will get to Aaron's halo there. And there's quite a bit of containium there, so maybe a good nice. spot for anybody that would like to explore. Uh, 
That's great. And it's even more convenient when Sigurd goes to sleep there and wakes up. I can just <laughs> set my, uh, you know, waypoint on him. See, absolutely. There you go. Um, I I did have I did find my question. Excellent. Why don't you regale us with what it was? Okay. Uh, so the question is: Do you see yourself using any of the multiplayer torpedo or bomber ships? as your primary combat ship over single-seat fighters. Okay, excellent. And as I, I am approaching the exit of my hangar, so I should be you good want me to, to go, go through the answers moment. here? Oh, I mean, if you would like to. Yeah, I'll do that. So until you get ready. Uh, so first one response we have is from Ursigan. Um, he says, I only see myself using a multiplayer torpedo slash bomber in a circumstance where I'm filling a role in a squad of some sort, seeing as, seeing as how combat isn't really in my long-term goals, it will probably mostly keep, I will probably mostly keep single seat fighters around. Got it. Makes sense. Um, then we have poise. Let's see. If I have enough crew members to fully outfit my Polaris, I can see myself and myself having a lot of fun using its large torpedo payload. Due to the nature of, of combat, I don't myself see myself prioritizing bomber craft unless I am planning on attacking a ground target or larger ship, 100 meters plus in length. I look forward to every cast, guys. Yep. Good compliment. <coughs> Good yeah. answer, too. Um, let's see. And then we have one from our own Nick Norell, the man of many voices. Uh, let's see. Uh, Definitely. Uh, between my Polaris and my A2 Starlifter, I have some interesting options. I would also use a single seat fighter if I helped. If it, I would only use a single seat fighter if it helped someone else. Good. I would have. I yeah. You know. You know. Other than eight ninety jump, yeah, I don't really see him in a lot of fighters. So that does make yeah. sense. I, hadn't, I thought about that. Definitely. Uh, let's see. Boris Kraken. Let's see. Uh, quick check. Are any made by Drake? That's a nope. Not interested in single seat fighters or bombers of any kind. Hmm. <laughs> That's a Drake guy. He is a Drake guy. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, the Nubkins. I plan on using the behemoth tor- torpedoes on the Javelin with full crew more often than not, even if only to soften up the precious mining ore. <laughs> or see how many of the fleet he could take out with one that, swoop. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Quadnum. Um, I hope I'm hoping to see player org see player orgs form deep alliances and enemies across the the board as the universe settles into player driven economy and state of affairs. I'm hoping to see many long term incursions as orgs blockade plans or gates. Another team's fight to protect. So, as a science org, our livelihood may be put in danger as trade routes are compromised or friendly trade partners endangers. And I anticipate during these larger engagements to be able to plan both tactical strikes and strategic maneuvering to uphold the peace and keep our systems safe. It's during these times that I anticipate a mix of ships and types, target types, from bombing to infiltration to data espionage. We can we can say we're a peaceful org that never engages, 
but I, I hope as the good guys, we do a lot of engaging. It It's the Jedi way after all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We had a lot of people respond to this one. And we still oh, wow. have a couple more here. You're like uh, halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Nightshade 07, the man who will sneak up on you in a heartbeat. Um, uh, Personally, I would not use a ship such as a Retaliator as my primary combat craft, as my primary combat craft as a solo. With a crew with a purpose, I feel that's another matter. Okay, good. Um, Captain, see if I say it right, Captain Kieran. Kieran. Kieran, yep. Kieran, yeah, Kieran. I uh, personally will not own one. I just It just doesn't appeal to me. I like the, the idea of flying dogfighters. And manning turrets, I may jump in one from time to time if I'm asked to, but it's not something that appeals to me at all. Uh, not my cup of tea. Let's see. Loon, FPV. All right. I've been testing that missile operator mode, and I have to say it has me, uh, had me skeptical to say, oh, it has me skeptical to say the least. I don't exactly the idea, like the idea of being completely without an offensive weapon to use while in a missile mode. Now, as a multi-crew ship, maybe it might be different, but with a, from a single-player standpoint, I dislike it. If they could just give it, that back, I would be okay, I think. Half the time, I am fighting with any of the HRT or VHRT. Um, I can only take out maybe the main target and one of the support ships, if I can even get the main target. Dogfighting and trying to swap the missiles for a kill shot on a pin target is no good either. Okay, so from a techno perspective, he's not a fan, at least of the implementation. Um, and then uh, he has a follow-on that says, uh, now I have no experience with any of the tech uh, the, of the larger missile ships, but that is just my take on things. Okay, now we have one from our favorite Canadian, or one of our favorite Canadians, probably our favorite Canadian. Yeah, he's our favorite Canadian. Um, uh, TBGR is technically English in Canada, so it's a tie. Nubkins uh, is Canadian. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Three. Okay, you're all three. You're tied. Uh, okay, well, I agree to to a point. HRD, VR, VHRT might be concepted by Sega's multi-crew ship, multi-single-seat ship missions. I think of MMOs where, paper, where players are upset. They can't solo multiplayer dungeons. The idea of the missions is to be in a group or a bigger ship and perhaps beyond MRTs, so we might have to bring friends. I don't know what MRTs are. It's the type of mission, the bounty missions that are more... Oh, okay. Okay, gotcha. ...challenging. Um, let's see. And then the last two comments here. Canuck has one more. While I agree to a point, HRT... Uh, is that the, it's the same thing, just entry twice okay and then the last one is from loon again it's in response to canuck uh so yeah i know but previous to this to the uh slice opi 3.14 ptu i could easily take on an hrt i'd be a mess but i would survive mostly due to being able to continuous to continue attacking while acquiring lock on a separate target by visual targeting um, I don't know. It might just be how the balancing was done, but com by the, but with components and such, all I know is I would like to have my ability to use at least blind fire, 
ballistic weapons while getting missile lock. Okay. Oh, so that's yeah. the last one. So very different, very interesting. I I would have thought maybe one or two people would have said maybe the Gladiator might be a ship they would like to be on or the Hurricane um, or even something like the uh, Reclaimer. Or, and I'm sorry, the Retaliator. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are very effective um, at getting yeah. in and putting a, a major torpedo on, on target. Um, yeah. Interesting. I would have thought maybe a few more. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Hmm. Okay. So that's the end of this week's question. Yeah. Mm. Um, do you want to phrase your question for next week for the audience? Yeah. yeah. So this one is um, this one is geared around the fact that we have a new racing division with uh, Homington, who uh, kind of inspired the idea and. Uh, uh, volunteered to set it up and, and get some races going. Uh, he's doing a great job so far. A lot of fun in our first one. Um, so it's, it's framed around that. And it's basically, what kind of racing do you prefer, ship or vehicle, and what type mm-hmm. of races, drag races, <laughs> rally, short lap-based racing, um, you know, those are examples of racing. Would you like or, or have you liked? Um and then do you have any race, have you done any racing in the arena commander? And what are your thoughts on, on that basically? So that's the question. Excellent. So you all know all the different sources you can respond to us in and we'll um, follow up with them below as well. And we have four answers um, already. I know. I posted that one an hour ago. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, we did get a few questions um, via our Discord this week. First one comes from uh, Nightshade Salute, or Nightshade 07, whichever you prefer to call. Nightshade <laughs> um, 07, you're right. <clears throat> um, oh, I mean, I think he goes by either. Uh, but with 314 on the horizon, do you feel um, with the changes made to the flight combat model and a significant change to shields, especially in larger craft, do you feel this will bring rise to more citizens crewing larger ships as opposed to most flying a small single craft or a single small craft? What do you think, Seagard? Um, I, I doubt it. I, I definitely want to fly in larger ships. I don't even need to be the pilot or the owner. I, I would rather be in a mm-hmm. large ship doing a common mission. So for me, I, I hope so, but I don't see it necessarily happening. Um, a couple of reasons is that the profit of it, there's no downside to piloting big ships on your own right now. So the profit is large. If you can make money hauling um, and in mining, you can make a lot of money if you equip your ship well enough to go mine, even in a prospector. Um, you don't see the benefits of something like a mole being fully kitted out. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that's my answer. What about you, Chekhov? Um, Yeah, I don't don't think that's a fun... Well, first of all, it's still unknown. Secondly, this is not just a... It's not a fundamental change. It's, it's, It's a... Um, it's just the framework that they're working with. So I, I don't see a lot of players changing their ships 
at least not uh, in right at the get or the beginning of the patch. I think they'll see how the whole thing plays out throughout the rest of the year and how the game is balanced. And, you know, then ultimately make their decisions based on how it's, they're going to shape up long term. I don't think mm-hmm. we'll be able to just make, you know, totally uh, change our minds and, you know, radically. If you are a single uh, ship, sort of a single pilot, for, sort of that was your favorite versus the larger ship, you're just going to change it because of the one patch adjustment. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Okay. Um, I don't know, personally. I think <clears throat> we'll see more people crewing larger ships. It's safer. I don't know if it's going to, until we can crew engineering stations and things like that, I don't necessarily see like a huge change in how many people are, uh, you know, or, or, you know, how many multi-crew ships we see. I think it'll be similar to how we play them now where it's, you know, we do play them because we like um, playing with a group, but it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to, um, <coughs> we're going to see a huge change. Um, but I guess, I guess that, that depends, you know? Um, but I do think we'll see a little bit of it, just a little bit, maybe not a huge degree, uh, especially just because, I don't know, um, I'm not really thinking through it, but I guess, <laughs> I guess really just because the shields are great on bigger ships now. And I also think the um, capability of, um, of the uh, turrets has been pretty impressive too. Um, so that's the part that I'm thinking uh, could help. Um, but yeah. Right. Are uh, you ultimately going to see somebody, you know, do, doing that where they, they specifically said, you know, this is just the beginning and we're still going to go through a lot of balancing. So, you know, and yeah. uh, considering the fact the larger ships are quite a bit more expensive. So that's why I'm kind of saying, well, is somebody yeah. just going to dive off the deep and start, you know, shelling out this huge dollars for bigger ships without yeah. knowing ultimately how it's all going to play out? Yeah. No, I don't think anyone's going to shell out any money for big ships now um, unless they already wanted them. One thing I find really interesting, I'm kind of in my character now and I was testing this out. <coughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't mute that, so I apologize. Um, oh, maybe this is why I've been, Never mind. Um, I've been testing out seeing if other stations can scan, and I'm having a hard time getting them to scan, but I think I, it's because I was in quantum, so I'm checking mm. checking that to see if uh, – so I just had to turn the quantum off. Uh, but next question comes from Cody, um, and his or Admiral Cody, I should say, who also is our composer uh, or one of our composers. Uh, and he says, the Gladiator, is it still a meme ship, or does it have its uses in the current build of the game? What do you think, Seagard? Oh, I think it has its uses. It's got, you know, 
good sized torpedoes. Um, and, you know, playing a little bit of the Hurricane and the Gladiator uh, with mm-hmm. other people piloting them, I have found that uh, they they are better off not dogfighting, but they are better off at staying at the edge of the fight. And for all effective purposes, uh, the Gladiator is lobbing in, um, you know, these big torpedoes at bigger ships. And, and doing some damage. I mean, it, it's a mm-hmm. very capable in that regard. And then from the Hurricane, another similar ship, um, I, I realized that the turret allows it to shoot sideways into the rear, and the f- speed of the ship allows you to keep your distance from the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I did that, and Homington was the pilot, um, it was... It, I think he was the pilot and I was the gunner. Maybe, maybe it was the other way around. But it was a fun ship to fly. So I think that each of them has their place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have both, and I, I want to keep them both. Cool. Um, what about you, Chekhov? Um, I'm not sure. I've, uh, I think I've flown it once. Uh, but uh, I just uh, know that I'm disappointed at the Vanguard, <laughs> so... I, I, I have and I hardly ever fly it. Uh, and within the, it, I, I don't know what the 3, 4, and 14 will look like with those ships. So I really don't know. I don't know. I, as, as it stands now, 313, that's not, that's not a ship that I would personally own. Yeah. Um, <coughs> I can't speak to it myself just because I'm, I'm not a big gladiator. Pilot, um, I will say that I would imagine, especially given how much emphasis it is in terms of it's the one that they test um, pretty frequently. Uh, So, you know, I would imagine it'll be pretty, you know, comparable to what one might look for. But as of right now, I have no no clue. It's Um, one of the oldest ships in the game. Yeah, and yet they polished it first, or, or are polishing it first. Yeah, um, which is which is good. I mean, they need it for squadron, so it looks good. I mean, it's a cool looking ship. All right, sorry, still dealing with the cold a little bit. You know, on the last remnants. Hopefully, hopefully by next week, I don't even have a single cough in me. Um, now MK3 generic asks. With the recent focus on multi-crew, the pinging overhaul, and continuous work on desync, are we looking towards a bright future for ships such as the Mole? Uh, what do you think, Seagard? Um, we could, because, I mean, the Mole is a very cool ship to play, and it can carry out quite a bit of cargo. Um especially if they could get you to drop the pod so you can stay out and deploy more pods um, so other people could tear your, your cargo back for you. Um, I, I would, I would like to, I would like to hope so. Yeah. Well, what about you, Chekhov? Um, is, uh, I don't know. I've, I've never really found the mole again. In, in a current state and with current patches, as Sigurd said, if you're able to drop the pods, and yeah, it could potentially have some interesting play. And I do 
mine a lot and so you know the only really valuable uh mineral right now is quantanium to me mole is totally useless when it comes to that particular mineral so uh and you constantly looking for a crew so it, it i don't know it's just a very tough ship to really get get off the ground you know we talk about yeah. it a lot every time it's like sounds like a good idea let's take the mall out but i forgot the last time i was in the mall yeah yeah exactly um i would say a, a couple things one i think until they change the way that mining is done in terms of the, the, the distribution of resources. So s until they change the distribution of resources, I don't see the mole being as viable as we want it to be. Um, because, you know, once you have nodes of resources, then it's different. Another idea that kind of sprung up to me as we were talking about this now is wouldn't it be great if for some reason the moles containers were better at containing quantanium for longer periods of time oh well yeah that would become to give it some more viability <laughs> that all of a sudden it'll become my favorite chip <laughs> yeah like imagine if if it held quantanium for 30 minutes right 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 then i could see breaking up all the quantanium and um then extracting it and it being a pretty valuable haul Right, right. You see, you you are correct. I do agree with you. So it's not really about the ship; it's about them really improving the whole mining game loop. You know, if, yeah. so, if they can put certain components in, yeah, all of a sudden from a from a total dud, you know, it becomes a you know one of the best ships to own. You know, I mean, if... I will say this: at least it has all the lasers on it, so you don't need three different um, prospectors at once. Exactly, uh, which, which, is, which is optimal for quantanium for larger rocks. Yeah, right? that's exactly what you want, you know. Yeah. But you know, you, you want to have a combination of Lancet and Helix. But you know, I would you, you'll 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 load it up with quantanium, right? But you'll yeah. blow up. You'll have no right now as it stands. You have no time to get anywhere. Yeah, exactly. And, and, now, and I, think about it. It's a no-brainer to fix, right? I mean, technologically. If they yeah. wanted to. The, and let's face it, they will. Um, you know, they still have to make mining be a viable option for the Orion, which is a ways out, I'm sure. Um, and I think a lot of that's going to come down to um, <coughs> how they change that, <clears throat> that resource distribution. Um, and hopefully they make it pretty meaningful because I do want, I would prefer to be on a mole with a group of people and it be profitable enough um, than being a yeah. prospector by myself. Because I'll be honest with you, mining is a very lonely uh, gameplay, right? Because yeah. typically, you know, we, we're out there by ourselves and prospectors. You don't want to be next to each other because you're competing for the same rock. So, so it's yeah. kind of, you know, you're almost on different servers and doing your own thing where you know even even bounties are, are are more of a group play so yeah absolutely if they can make a a mall an interesting gameplay you know for especially for us as a you know we do play together as an org that'd mm -hmm. be awesome i mean you get three people you know on and yeah 
it'll be a lot of fun. I could also see them tweaking the loadout so that granted there are rocks right now that can only be broken or that are very hard to break without having at least more than one laser on it. Mm-hmm. I think they need to make even bigger asteroids that, you know, pretty much need two or three lasers on them, but they need the payout on those to be worthwhile. And that's the, I think that's the thing. And, you know, maybe, maybe part of this will be resolved with a dynamic economy because, you know, someday silver might be worth, uh, is silver even a resource in the game? Yeah. Titanium will be worth, um, (laughs) a crazy amount. Whereas, you know, Quantanium will still, I, I think Quantanium will, will always be worth a lot, but in scarcity, it'll be worth more. <coughs> I guess we'll see. Um, I will say with the question of the bright future, <clears throat> it feels like the building blocks are there. Um, it feels like they're coming into play and um, we're going to get what we're, we're going to start to see some of the payout, I think. Yeah. You know, it's funny. The multiplayer ship in the multiplayer ship thing, uh, mm-hmm. the constellation Andromeda is probably one of the best multiplayer fun game ships you can play in. Mm-hmm. Because you can carry a vehicle, you can carry cargo, you got multiple turrets, you got. You know, and I think the Andromeda, or not the, the Andromeda is great because of the snub fighter and everything else. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that when we get the uh, Aquila and the better scanning, yeah, it could also be one of those ships that really is exceptional. If it can find ore and you can deploy rocks at the bottom of it and you know, use the scanning turret, um, I think it's going to be a fun ship to play. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want the scanning functionality? Like, that to me makes the Aquila really interesting, even though I don't own one and don't plan on owning one. Mm-hmm. Um, because you've got that dedicated scanner seat that has that pivoting and everything. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how how scanning will evolve over time. Because it's it's getting there, but it's not there yet, you know. Um, as someone who's been testing it, at least it's it's interesting, and the the building blocks are there, um, but it's not quite where where we would love it to be as of right now. Um, cool. So if you uh, th- those are all of our questions. Um, if you have any questions, any responses to Seaguard's question, anything you did for science, any comments, thoughts, feelings, um, feel free to, uh, email us at readcastsc at gmail.com. You could also DM our Twitter handle at readcastsc. You could submit a message through anchor. You could join our readcast discord where you can enjoy discourse, <laughs> um, about the game, etc. Uh, and last but not least, you can either text us or leave a voicemail at 646-783-8154. Um, and as always, the shameless plug that we can never stop. Uh, if you are looking for an org, 
uh, and you believe in exploration and you want a fun loving group of people to play with who don't take the game too seriously, but are serious enough to be, um, you know, uh, on, on a regular basis and engaged. That's right. And I gave up Olympics for tonight. That's right. Look at how serious Chekhov is. Cause, <laughs> cause nothing, nothing says serious, like giving up the Olympics or perhaps a voice that sounds like this. <laughs> and I was cheering. <laughs> yeah, did you know that you know Russia was banned? There, there is no Russia in the Olympics. It's, it's rock R- now, right? Yeah, it's the ROC. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that and, until I googled it during the and, uh, and, opening ceremony. And guess what they play when they win medals? Because they cannot play the national anthem, so they play the Ch- Tchaikovsky's fifth or something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Oh, goodness. Way to go. (laughs) Um, Well, that that about does it. If you are looking for more read-driven content, we have some content creators out there. Uh, Our good friend Earth makes fantastic videos, and I see some more surfacing uh, Mm -hmm. now around um, various topics in the game, uh, as well as, uh, as I already mentioned his name, Admiral Cody and Calibri, they have been writing some of the music for us as well as um, just some engaging Star Citizen inspired music uh, on their. Um, <coughs> pardon me. I cannot. I'm losing my voice and now I'm like about to cough like crazy. Um, <coughs> uh, anyway, you can check out their uh, album that they've been adding to slowly but surely um, in the show notes below as well as all the other content creators. And that wraps up another episode of Recast. Yay! Yay. Check off. It's good to have you back. Thank you. It's great to be back. <laughs> like for the full episode, at least, you know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Finally. Well, uh, thanks again, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>